Welcome to the I Want to Know podcast. I'm Josh Spector, and I'll be your host. If you don't know who I am, I'm the creator of the For the Interested newsletter, which you can check out at fortheinterested.com slash subscribe. If you're new here, this podcast exists to help creative entrepreneurs get their questions answered. And here's how it works. In each episode, a different guest comes on and asks me three questions. Then we have about a five-minute conversation about each of the questions. And that's it. No fluff, lots of actionable tips that you can put to use to grow your audience and business. Today, my guest is Dylan Schmidt. Dylan helps people share their expertise with the world and create a fulfilling career through his podcasting academy, which you can check out at podcastingacademy.com. He's also the host of the Digital Podcaster podcast, where he shares how to create financial freedom and live a life of passion. Previously, Dylan studied audio production and produced music in Los Angeles. So while we've never met before, he does live relatively near me. Uh, so with that in mind, hello, Dylan, and welcome to the show. Hi, Josh. Thank you so much for letting me hop on. It's funny because I feel like I'm relatively new to this whole podcast thing, and I'm going to be answering your questions. You're, you, you're actually the more the podcast master, but I think what some of what we're going to talk about today is actually, you know, not podcasting specifically, but your podcasting niche and my tips for you in terms of how to grow your, your audience and business. And I'm really excited to, to talk about that. So let's get into it. What's the first thing you want to know? Yeah, I want to know, Josh, newsletter master. <laughs> I want to know how I can use a newsletter to grow a podcast, specifically my podcast. Sure. So let's start. Tell me just a little bit quickly about your podcast. Obviously, I know it's digital podcasting, but kind of tell me in your, in, in your mind who the audience is for it. Yeah. So my audience is solopreneurs and entrepreneurs, similar to, to I think, your audience in a way of like creative mm -hmm. entrepreneurs. I release episodes every Tuesday right now. And I'm going to switch to releasing episodes every Tuesday and Saturday shortly. So yeah, that's my audience right now. And okay. And people, is it mostly people that have started a podcast recently are about to start a podcast or they've been doing it for a while? Sort of where are they in that journey? People who are considering starting a podcast or have started a podcast and want to grow their podcast, either getting more listeners or start making money from their podcast. Okay. Perfect. So, so here's the way I think about, first of all, obviously, as, as you know, and anyone who knows me knows, I'm a huge proponent of newsletters and think they're, think, I think everyone should have one. I think they're incredibly powerful, et cetera, right? So here's how I think about using a newsletter to grow a podcast. The first piece of advice is the newsletter should not be about your podcast. This seems, to some people, this seems really counterintuitive. To other people, it seems sort of obvious, but I think what most podcasters do when they hear start a newsletter or start an email list, the obvious thing to do is it's about the show. If it's the digital podcaster podcast, it's the digital podcaster podcast newsletter, right? And I think the, the, to me, one of the biggest values and the reason you're doing a newsletter to begin with is as a way to grow your audience and attract new people to your show. But if the newsletter is about the show, the only people who care about it are the people who already listen to and know and like your show. So what you want to do is instead you want to create a newsletter and title the newsletter in a way that it's going to attract people who don't know your show exists. 
right? Now you have some nice overlap because digital podcaster is sort of the name is the niche a little bit, but you'll see like a lot of times people are like, oh, it's the Stephen Bob show. And it's like, you don't want the Stephen Bob show newsletter because the only people that care about that are already listening to the Stephen Bob show, right? So in your case, I would recommend a, you want to start a newsletter that is essentially going to provide the same value to the same audience that your podcast does, but in a different format, in a different way, right? So for example, you might do, it might be the podcast growth newsletter or the podcast starter newsletter, if you were aimed at that, right? Something, and again, your name sort of actually works, so it kind of could be the digital podcaster newsletter. But what I prefer about those names is they're suggesting a very specific value. Podcast growth. Oh, I'm going to read this because I want to grow my podcast. Or podcast starter. I'm going to I'm going to read this because I want to start my podcast. Whereas digital podcaster is very broad and they're not sure. Like the questions I asked you at first, is it for new people? Is it for existing people? Who's it for? So with that said, then you're going to want to, the second key is once you do that, is that the, the goal of the newsletter is to provide specific value to a specific audience, right? It's not promotional. This is another mistake people make all the time, right? They think their newsletter exists to just tell people about the next episode, the new episode. And the problem is you're, again, people that don't know you aren't going to subscribe if it's just about your show. And the people that do know your show aren't going to subscribe or aren't going to open because they're already listening to each episode. They've already subscribed on Apple or Spotify or whatever. So yes, there's value in saying, hey, here's the new episode and I think you're going to like it, but you don't want to fall in the trap of your newsletter only being that promotional stuff, right? So you want to look for ways to create and share value that you don't share maybe on the podcast. So there's different ways to do that. A simple way is curated content. So for example, if your podcast is you interviewing people and sharing your expertise about how to grow a podcast, maybe the newsletter is sharing the three or four or five or one most interesting article or video or resource that you found elsewhere. Now you've created a reason for people that don't know you exist to subscribe to the newsletter, which then introduces them to your podcast. You've also created a reason for people that listen to your podcast to get the newsletter. And you don't have to do this, but you actually could connect the two by if this week's podcast episode is about recording equipment, let's say, maybe that newsletter is curated resources about recording equipment. So now you're saying, hey, here's, you know, here's three articles you need to see about choosing recording equipment and go listen to my podcast where we talk all about recording equipment. And then on the podcast, you're talking about recording equipment and going, go check out the newsletter where I've listed three articles from other people about recording equipment. Now they're very complimentary. And I think that's another thing that a big piece that people overlook all, even if you're not connecting them in that way, you always want to be using the newsletter to drive to the podcast, not only, right? But you want to connect it and you want to use the podcast to drive to the newsletter. And that way, any growth you have from either is growing is growing both. So does that all, that all make sense? Yeah. And I've never thought about it that way. And it is super helpful. And I'm already like 
let me cancel the email I have scheduled for tomorrow to <laughs> reformat it. <laughs> right. There you go. Well, it's funny because like I said, it, it's one of those things that once you see it or sort of shift that mindset, it seems obvious, but it's not obvious because what most people think is my newsletter has got to be about my show and it's to promote and, you know, but you're really trying to create a ancillary or complementary asset that could stand on its own even if people never listen to the podcast. Yeah. But will ultimately feed each other. And again, that's the big difference between, you know, I'm rooting this under an assumption that you, like most people, this is true with the newsletter or social media, you're ultimately doing it to grow your audience, not just engage your existing audience. Mm -hmm. So if you only do it about stuff, you know, I talk to, I say this to authors all the time. Most authors' newsletters are terrible because they're just talking about themselves. And mm -hmm. I should say they're terrible. They're terrible at growing an audience because they're not talking about, no one cares what you do if they don't already know who you are, right? Yeah. So, you know, like I say, if you're a sci-fi author, your newsletter should be about sci-fi and sci-fi book recommendations, not just about the chapter you're writing. Yes. Basically. That, that makes a lot of sense. So it's kind of like adding context to the, to the email newsletter rather yeah. than just using it as like a, a directory of sorts. Yeah. And by the way, just one, one other quick thing here, since you've already been doing episodes, you can also start with that. You can look at the topics of episodes you've already done. It doesn't just have to be this week's new episode. The newsletter also creates a way for you to drive people back into the archives. People yeah. are discovering you all the time and you could go, Hey, here's an episode from six months ago about this topic. If you're interested in these kinds of things, read these articles and then go listen to that episode. So that's another great advantage of a newsletter is it allows you to sort of redirect people into and get more value out of content you've already created. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I love that. And I'm going to cool. use that. That's great. Okay. Let's go to your uh, second question. What else do you want to know? So I eat up your tips and I want to know how do I market podcasting in a way that makes people want to start one? I love this question. I, I love this question because I am going to answer it with another question. And again, I think one of the things I like doing and want to try to do with the show is have people come on with specific questions and challenges and things they're trying to figure out but that I have also seen are universal, right? And this definitely fits into that. So my first question for you is, why do you want to, why are you focused on how do I make people want to start a podcast as opposed to focusing on people that already want to start a podcast? I think around the awareness of people like who create content for one, usually, mm -hmm maybe you rule out podcasts as being this technical thing of needing to have, you know, I've heard a lot of different things. Like they, I don't have a voice for it. They don't like the sound mm -hmm. of their own voice or they don't have like the technical skills or they don't have the time. All of which are things that don't, don't necessarily need to get in the way of podcasting because there's ways of, you know, short, the shortcuts and, and ways to not have that be the objection, I guess. Mm -hmm. Let me ask it another way. Do you think there are not enough people who want to start a podcast for you to succeed with whatever it is you want to do? That's a great question. 
do I think that there's not enough people? I think there are plenty of people that want to start a podcast, but they, it seems like there's this block of wanting to start it and actually starting it. And that, like, that, that little gray area in between the wanting and the starting is the part that I have the most trouble speaking to. That makes sense. Okay. That makes sense. And I think it's, it's so interesting. Like I, I think words are so important, even the words that we tell ourselves and how we think about our audience and how we frame stuff, right? Your explanation there is clear and different than your question. Yeah, so I, your question is, how do I market podcasting in a way that makes people want to start? Yeah. But what you just said was, it's the gray area between they want to start one, but they're scared or don't know how or have excuses. They already want to. Your question was, how do I convince them to want to? Yeah. Yeah. But actually, that's not what you mean. What you yeah. really mean is the people that want to have a block. They have a something that is preventing them from doing it, yes. right? Which goes back to my original question, right? You don't actually want to convince people to start. What you want to do is you want to show people who already want to that they can. You want to make it easier and remove the tension, the blocks, whatever it is that is holding them back, right? Yes. Yeah. That's a very small, subtle difference, but it's massively important. Right. And I think important for all of your messaging because, and let me pull up actually, let me go to your, I guess this is more your podcasting academy, right? I mean, I know it aligns with your podcast too, but yeah. podcasting academy, right? So right now, the headline, and this is on podcastingacademy.com, uh, your headline is looking to share your expertise with the world and create an exciting and fulfilling career. Have more freedom and passion hosting your own profitable podcast. That is convincing people to want, you're trying to convince people to want to start a podcast. And you're saying that if you want to start a podcast, it will help you create an exciting and fulfilling career and share your expertise. Mm -hmm. What I actually think that should say is it should be, this isn't the exact language, but it should be something along the lines of some version of it's not as hard to do a podcast as you think, or remove the things that are blocking you from starting the podcast you want to start or have always dreamed of. It should be focused on like you described that gray area. That's your key messaging. So that the person who looks at the site and says, you know, I really want to do this. I just don't know where to start. I don't have the voice. I don't, who's going to listen to me. I'm sure you have a list of 30 things that make up that gray area that prevent people from doing it. You and Podcaster Academy and all of that, you're the guy that removes those things. Yes. And, and that is the pitch. I think. Yes, that, that makes total sense. And I just kind of am in the process of repositioning Podcasting Academy to speak a little bit more towards the, well, everything you're saying and, mm -hmm. um, I would say like, yeah, I guess a kind of leaning in towards making it because people see podcasts because like, I have a lot of teachings on like the monetization of mm -hmm. podcasts. So leaning a little bit more into that as well, because that makes the starting mm -hmm. of a podcast is relatively simple, even if it doesn't seem that simple to someone who hasn't done it. Mm -hmm. um, 
But I see what you're saying, I guess, on speaking more to that gray area makes a lot of sense. Do you think it's too big of a leap? Am I asking too many questions here? <laughs> no, 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 no. Do you think, no, I don't know. Uh, go ahead. Do you, you think it's too big of a, uh, to go to the, because it's, it's like bigger than podcasting, right? Like mm -hmm. podcasting is the tool, but mm -hmm. the thing bigger than that is like financial freedom and, or, you know, that looks different to everybody, but creating mm -hmm. different you know, streams of income that a podcast could provide for them. Is it too big of a leap? Like if someone, cause I, I don't really talk just about microphones, you know, mm -hmm. that doesn't yeah. gear part kind of gets sideways, I guess. Right. But is that too big of a leap? Do you think for someone's like, I don't No, I don't think it's too big a leap. I think, and, and this is the sort of universal piece of this, right? You want to focus people. You want to focus on people who know they have a need, not try to convince them of the need. Right. Yeah. So I think the like, let's talk about the the monetization piece of it. Right. When you say. It's again, it's very subtle. Right. But I think the messaging is not, hey, this is a when you say podcasting is a way to get financial freedom or even at its most simple. Right. Podcasting is a way to make money. That statement is trying to convince people why they should start a podcast. Yes, that makes sense. Versus if you, I'm making, this isn't the exact language. I'm just <laughs> riffing here, right? But yeah. if you want to make money with a podcast, I'm going to show you how to do it. Yeah. You see the difference there? So I think the monetization, all the stuff you're talking about is right, but you want to, you want to position it and talk to people. You're only talking to the people that already want that thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And want it in, in, and I should say, and want it in that way. It's not just that they want financial freedom. They want to use a podcast to make money or to get financial freedom. Yes. That's the, that's the connecting point. And, you know, I, I've said this before at times, but it's one of my favorite sort of exercises. If I were to tell you that we could introduce a hundred people to your, listen to your podcast or see a sales page or see an interview with you or whatever, right? Whatever is going to best sell your, your product. And those hundred people can't be anyone, you know, and it can't be anyone famous. And I was like, who would you choose? Right. And you start to think about that. And obviously, you know, and I think there's a lot of interesting questions there. Would you choose someone who's already started a podcast or not? Like if this gets to your ideal audience, you would choose the people that you can best serve and most want to serve. And the ones that the highest percentage of those people would say, yes, doesn't mean they're the only people you can help, but you want to aim your messaging and positioning at that ideal audience. So for example, you would definitely, on the monetization piece, you would definitely choose not just people who are looking for financial freedom, but people who are looking to use a podcast to get financial freedom. Yes, that, that makes you sort sense. of focus the messaging, right? Yeah, because um, without so it, cool. without it, it's a little disconnect, a little disconnected, and that's where you want it winds up becoming about trying to convince people to do podcasts when you don't really care about that. You want the people. It's like me with newsletters, right? I think everyone should have a newsletter. If you don't want to have a newsletter, that's fine. I'm going to be over here talking to the people that want <laughs> that yeah. want to have the newsletter. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense because I I was feeling because I just recently added, you know, I've changed the page a million times, but mm -hmm. just recently added that. And I was like, there's something missing here of 
of like a qualifier almost, because if someone came around and they were like, this all sounds great, but I don't want a podcast. I'm like, well, that's not, that's the whole, it's podcasting academy, right. you know, like. Right, um, exactly. So that, everything you said makes total sense. And my brain just feels like it clicked into place like a puzzle. Thank you. Cool. Great. All right. We got one more question. So what else do you want to know? Yeah, this one seems perfect. Uh, <laughs> it's a line of your hack. Uh, I want to know, what do you wish somebody told you before you started your podcast? It's so it's funny. This question is, I will probably be more qualified to answer that question in a year than I am now <laughs> since I'm just starting out. So, but I do, I do have a few thoughts. I mean, the first thing I would say is it's, it's way too early for me to say what I wish I would have known, but I can definitely say some initial observations I've had as I sort of get up and running doing this. And I, you know, it's funny, we were talking about gray area, like I, for years, literally years, I've been talking about starting a podcast, thinking I should start a podcast and, you know, recorded a couple episodes, but never posted. I'm like, you know, and every time I've sort of been like, ah, I don't know, kind of seems like a lot of work and all, all of that sort of stuff. So I'm very familiar with that journey of sort of, you know, being in that gray area. So here's a few things that I've noticed of these very early stages of, of sort of getting started. And as we're recording this, I have not released an episode yet. So this is really just about the early stages. The first thing is, even though I had thought through a lot of this, obviously over the past couple of years, and even though I had sort of a decent sense of kind of what I wanted to be and all of that, there's a lot of little things that once I actually start doing it, that I had to, that I hadn't necessarily thought about, right? So some of it is obvious, like, oh, you need a show title, but then also thinking about, you know, show concept, but then also like descriptions, software, recording software, then even little things, right? How am I going to handle show notes? Do I want transcriptions? Do I care about show notes? Do I want, am I going to do blog posts with it? Like that kind of stuff I hadn't really thought about. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh yeah, what am I going to do? Like, how do I want, and not even that there's a right or wrong at this stage, but just going, oh yeah, like all these kind of little decisions, right? Promo clips. What day am I going to publish? <laughs> right? Like it never, like I hadn't thought about that until it comes time and you're like, all right, well, I guess I better figure out like, you know, when I'm going to publish. And so I think one, you know, and I purposely have gone into this both with a decent amount of knowledge about the space and audience growth and all that stuff and content creation and stuff in general, and also with a major emphasis on like, I am just going to keep this as simple as possible. And yet still, there were a lot of like little things that I hadn't really thought of. Speaking of keeping it simple as possible, like that has definitely been my approach you know, and I, so initially I decided, you know what, I'm going to go with sort of like a season approach. I'm going to commit to recording 12 episodes. We'll see how it goes. And then I'll figure it out from there. And that's been my approach with a lot of this, right? No, I'm not worried about fancy intros or any of that. Like, let's just start. And I can always iterate to iterate down the road. One of the things that was really helpful for me, again, with all these sort of questions as I started to realize all these things that I had to figure out was I, I literally just started a Google doc and I just started writing down, especially like language. Right. So I was like, this is the name of the show. What's my one sense description of what it is. 
right? And I wound up with, you know, it's where creative entrepreneurs get their questions answered. I'm like, okay, what's the one paragraph description of this show, right? What's the intro? What's the email that I send to guests to get them? Like, I just started writing down all this stuff. And that was really helpful because as new things came up, I didn't have to reinvent the wheel. I could go, okay, well, I already wrote a one paragraph description of this. And I already have, you know, the email that I send to guests. So that was a helpful exercise for me to just sort of in one place kind of figure out the, because I had it in my head what I wanted the show to be, but it's very different. You know, it can't just be in my head. I need to be able to like describe it and have that kind of stuff. So that was helpful. The other thing I would say is, and again, this is, I wouldn't say that this is necessarily something I wish somebody told me, but it's something I guess I'm curious to see. I have no idea how this show is going to do, but I do know, unlike a lot of other people who start podcasts, I have an existing audience. I've published a newsletter for six years. I, I have the advantage. I have a good sense of what people want for me. I've done a lot of consulting. I've, you know, it's interesting, like this podcast is shaped towards things I've done. I've been guests on podcasts. I've done consulting where people ask me questions and I'm able to answer it. So I think that's the other thing. We'll see how it does, but I'm, I'm optimistic that while I'm new to podcasting, I'm shaping this in a way that is sort of doing things that I've done a lot of before, right? So yeah. this is, you know, this is one of the first episodes I've ever recorded, but it's not the first, it's far from the first time I've answered questions. I know who my audience is. I know kind of what I'm trying to speak to. And it's a mass, you know, look, it's a massive advantage to be able to launch something and send an email to 18,000 people who read my stuff and say, hey, you might like this, right? So yeah. does it mean it's going to work? And to be honest, I have no idea what work even means, right? Like in terms of numbers of downloads or any of that, I really have no idea what to expect. Everybody I talk to says, you know, it's funny. Some of the advice I got, I think it was from uh, this guy, Jeremy Enns, and he had said, I'm going to butcher his exact words, but it was something along the lines of like, you know, he was like, you're going to get way fewer downloads than you think. (laughs) It's going to take you way longer to grow your audience than you think. But it's going to be way more valuable than you think. Just in terms of like how people connect to hearing your voice and other opportunities it creates. So I'm curious to see how that plays out. My guess is it will, he's probably right <laughs> in some capacity. But yeah, we'll see. So, you know, I will, uh, I will have to have you on down, down the road to, or get back to you with a real answer to that question of what I, uh, what I wish I knew or wish somebody had told me, but let me ask you before we, yeah. before we wrap up here, cause you have been doing it a little longer than me. What do you wish somebody told you or as someone who is more of an expert in this space than I am, I'll give you the chance to actually, actually tell me what, I, what should I wish somebody told me? <laughs> well, I, I mean, I, I think there is like a precious moment in time where like you're only have recorded a couple episodes and it mm-hmm. feels like this brand new thing that it's almost hard to capture. Like I have, I have difficulty remembering sometimes um, what it's like in the very beginning. But yeah. I mean, I, I, I wish someone would have told me that like, I, I, I learned this, but then it, I just wish I would have learned it maybe a little sooner. Someone would have told me, but just the simple fact of it's okay to take up space talking. Like to me, 
writing words, it feels like it's because the people usually do it on their own time or something like that. Mm-hmm. But when, I don't know, something about for me personally, when I'm talking, it feels not natural. Like if, if I think about talking, talking to a bunch of people, it feels like mm-hmm. maybe I need to not say certain things or I need to rush what I'm saying. So just, I feel like taking my time and being myself has always paid off. And yeah. I've never, you know, gone wrong with that. If someone would have said that to me sooner, I mean, probably would have, uh, <laughs> would have been helpful, but yeah, I didn't know it now at least, but I'm really excited to follow your journey. And I know, I love how you're doing it on your terms, which is something a lot of podcasters don't do is mm-hmm. they try to fit some other mold, but like you've created the, you've created a container for how you want to do it and how you like it. And I think that is the most important thing. And as a listener, as I'm listening to the show in the future, I know that that will be one of my favorite parts of your podcast is that it's how you want it, but it's also, it makes it kind of how I want it too. Cause maybe I didn't even know how I wanted it and the way you've said it. Yeah, cool. is so cool. Thank you. No, I appreciate that. And it's funny. And that, that is absolutely, I love that you said that because I do think that's another probably takeaway I have at this stage is, you know, I very purposefully, I'm trying to create it. Sh- There's all sorts of different ways to do shows, right? Yeah. And I knew I didn't want to do the like, oh, I'll just have guests on and interview them like, every, you know, like everybody yeah. else does and it'll be an hour and it'll be whatever. You know, I really tried to create this in a way that reflects, again, it's not the only way to do it, but yeah. I do think most shows have too much backstory, not enough sort of actionable, like get to the point. Yeah. Uh, you know, I'm a fan of things in general that are modular. This obviously be very easy to break up and share and repurpose in different ways, trying to make it very actionable and sort of useful and things that people can do, not theoretical, not, you know, any of that kind of stuff. So we'll see. But yeah, you're right. I think I'm a big believer, not just with podcasts, but with everything of, you know, you can do it however you want to do it and see how it goes. And, I, you know, my hope is that this format will work. I know it's a little different. It's a, it's a little unique. And if it doesn't, I can always scrap it and do it a different way. So we'll see. <laughs> yeah. Cool. So Dylan, before we wrap up, is there anything, if you want to just plug your website or any place people should go to, to learn more from you? Yeah. Well, I'm hanging out on my own podcast, Digital Podcaster, where I do things a little bit more free flowy. I'm also hanging out in Podcasting Academy, which is my online membership all about, as we talked about in this episode, building a profitable podcast. So excited about that to grow that over the next uh, year or so. Yeah, great. And for me, if people, if you're listening and you don't get my newsletter, I highly recommend it. I might be biased, but you should check it out. Uh, For thank you for the interested.com slash subscribe to get that. I do a series of one hour video workshops called skill sessions. You can check those out at joshspector.com slash sessions. If you would like to hire me as a consultant or for a coaching call, go to joshspector.com slash consulting. And if you would like to be a guest on the show and ask me three questions at some point, go to joshspector.com slash questions to apply. And that's about it. Thank you for your interest and see you guys next week.